Good morning. Centuries ago, the psalmist said, this is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome all to Naples UCC on this last day of 2023 and blessings to all who are connecting with us online this morning. A special welcome to any who may be visiting the church for worship today. We have a prospective new member luncheon that is coming up on January the 14th. We would love to have you at this luncheon. And if you're interested in being part of the luncheon, if you're interested in learning more about the church, Chelsea Godwin, one of our staff members, will be in the gathering space following worship today as we would love to have you come and be part of our church family. In just a few minutes, I'd ask that folks would pass the blue registration pads down the aisles of the pews so that we can get a sense of who is here and that we can connect with you and you can connect uh, with us. Thanks for passing those down along the pews. Before I share other announcements about the life of the church, I wanted to share a word of gratitude for all who helped make our Christmas Eve services here at Naples UCC so extraordinary last Sunday, all Sunday long. A thank you to our support staff, a thank you to all of our musicians, a thank you to those in the congregation who invited friends and family. It was an extraordinary day. Over 1,300 people were present on our campus uh, celebrating the birth of Christ and numerous others who are connecting with us online. It takes a team. What an awesome, awesome day uh, Christmas Eve was here at the church. A few upcoming events in the life of the church that we can all uh, get excited about. Later this evening at 7 o'clock, Reverend Thomas Coates is going to be leading a labyrinth walk, a spiritual walk in the church's labyrinth at 7 o'clock for any who may be uh, wanting to participate. This is an opportunity to reflect spiritually on that which is old as we move into a new year and also to reflect on uh, the new work that God will surely do Uh, in us in the new year. That event is this evening at 7 o'clock in the labyrinth here on campus. Then on Wednesday of this week, both at 9 o'clock in the morning and at 1 o'clock, both sessions will be exactly the same. I will begin my winter Bible study. We're going to be studying the book of Ecclesiastes uh, this winter. All you need to bring with you is your Bible, and all are invited to participate beginning this coming Wednesday, January the 3rd. Next Sunday, we will be back to our usual schedule of worship at 9 o'clock and at 11. It is a Cans for Communion Sunday, so be sure to remember uh, your Cans for Communion this coming Sunday, January the 7th. And also, our Serve and Grow focus on January 7th is going to be the Bargain Box. And our Bargain Box committee is asking all in the congregation to wear this coming Sunday their bargain box best. This may be a shirt, it may be a pair of shoes, it may be a tie. Whatever you have from the bargain box that you consider your best, wear it to worship this coming Sunday, January the 7th, as we celebrate uh, and bring some attention to this important ministry in our community. 
Tuesdays at Twilight is uh, getting up and started. First Tuesday is going to be January 9th with a ragtime uh, piano performance at 7 o'clock. If you're interested in purchasing tickets for that event, Chelsea Godwin from our staff will be in the gathering space following worship uh, today. And then on January the 10th, an important event at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, our Justice Committee is going to be hosting a youth mental health forum here in the sanctuary. I know many of you have read all about that event in the next publication, and there has been much publicity in our community about the event. Would love to have you attend on January the 10th. And then finally, there's a little box in our bulletins today reminding all of us that in the new year, we are going virtual when it comes to all of the um, uh, budget, all of the annual report, everything related to our annual meeting in 2024. So if you are not receiving the church's emails and we don't have your email address, be sure to see Chelsea Godwin in the gathering space following worship today so that she has your email. And if you're not a technology person and would like to receive paper copies of all of the information related to the annual meeting prior to the meeting uh, mailed home to you, you can certainly uh, be sure you do that with Chelsea Godwin and let her know that you would still prefer a paper copy of all that information. And certainly we will send it to you in the mail. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Today in worship, I am so grateful to be joined by Kathy Book, one of our Stephen ministers who's going to be helping me with the liturgy uh, this morning. Blessings, Kathy, for participating in our service today. I wanted to begin my call to worship with a second word of gratitude uh, to the congregation on this Sunday when we reflect on the story of the wise men bringing gifts to the feet of Christ following Christ's birth a word of gratitude and thanksgiving to all of you for all of the stewardships and gifts that you have brought to this church in 2023, especially the ways that so many of you have brought forth gifts in the fourth quarter of this year. Your gifts have continued to help this church uh, make progress in the local community when it comes to extending hope and love uh, to people who are in need. And your gifts have been a blessing uh, not only to me and to Pastor Angela, but to all in this congregation to help our ministries thrive. The momentum that we have as a congregation going into our stewardship drive in 2024 can certainly be felt because of you and what you have done to continue to support this awesome church. Thank you. Hear now this call to worship. Gracious God, in your wisdom you created all things and called them good. We have come from celebrating the birth of Christ. We recognize the promise that Christ's life brings to us and to all people. Thank you, God, for the blessings you have provided us this past year. As we stand on the door of a new year, we ask for your blessing once again. Grant us the faith and courage to join our light to yours. Please be seated. Join me in reading the words of invocation. God of the past, present, and future, 
As this year draws to a close, we open our hearts and lives to you. We thank you for your presence throughout 2023, and we thank you for the blessings you bestowed upon us. Today, grant us the courage to present the challenges of the old year to you so that these challenges will not remain as burdens. For you are a God who makes all things new. Amen. If you're connecting with us online, I hope you'll take a moment to extend blessing to those who you're worshiping with or to send a text to a friend. And if you're gathered with us here in person, let's stand and pass the peace of Christ to our church family. Let us pray. In this season, season of light, may we enter this new year filled with the hope that the birth of the Christ child will be the beacon that guides us to be our best selves. We thank you, God, for the gifts you so generously give. We are thankful for family, warmth of homes, enough food to eat, good health, and opportunities to reach out to others as we give of ourselves. Even so, merciful God, as we reflect on this past year, we realize not all have been as fortunate. Our world has been filled with tragedies we do not understand. While some experience peaceful security, many do not. We pray for peace among warring nations, victims of violence, and comfort for those experiencing loss and home insecurity. Help persons near and far feel your healing and compassion. Scripture tells us the lion lays with the lamb. We pray for a world where we can celebrate the spirit of harmony, so kings talk like brothers with humble shepherds. Let us celebrate the spirit of harmony that brings us together. As we look to the east, let us look to the guiding star so that we might be drawn to the light that calls us to be better stewards, better humans who offer caring to others, persons who follow opportunities to show mercy to others and reach out to those in need. Like the Magi, let us begin this new year by stopping to take time to be overwhelmed with joy at the birth of the Christ child. With the birth of Jesus, Quiet and peace nestled over the land like a blanket. Inside the stable, the holy child fell asleep, and the glorious Christmas star blazed its beacon of hope over all. As you were present at the birth of your son, gracious God, we pray that this beacon of hope will guide us into this new year. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus, the risen Christ, who first taught us to pray together, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today's scripture comes from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? 
For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them, what went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Here ends the reading. Well, 2023 is coming to an end, and historians have already begun to pontificate as to what it is that we will remember about or recall from 2023. One editorial I read last week said that 2023 will forever be remembered as the year of escalation. For back in March, due to a banking collapse, inflation escalated. When it comes to violence around the world in the Middle East and the Far East, tensions and violence escalated, to say the least. And when it becomes, comes to politics in this nation on the brink of an election year, a presidential election year, there have been polarizations and escalation as it relates to politics in this country. And coming off of this year when everything has escalated, I do wonder if there is a temptation to adopt, you know, a defeatist attitude when it comes to anything that might happen that is new, either in our own lives or in the life of our world. And this attitude or reluctance to embrace anything new really collides with, when you think about it, the attitude of the wise men. You'll recall the story. Three wise men followed the star. They came from the east, and when they arrived into the presence of Christ, they brought forth gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These three gifts were prophesied about in the Hebrew Bible, uh, not only in Psalm 72, but also in Isaiah 60. And perhaps what you've been taught over the course of your lifetime in Sunday school is that 
each one of those gifts was symbolic of a role that Jesus would go on to play in his adult life. For example, the gold was a way of honoring Jesus as king. Uh, The frankincense would honor Jesus as priest and the myrrh as Jesus as going on to be a suffering servant. That's been the tradition of uh, historic Orthodox Christianity over the years. And I have no desire to disavow you of that tradition whatsoever. But I simply want to suggest back to you something else about these gifts that the wise men brought to the feet of Jesus that could make this scripture even that much more interesting for all of us to consider. Many historians believe that the wise men came from the east and they were part of Zoroastrian tradition, Zoroastrian priests even. And in Zoroastrian tradition in the Far East, there was a history of those three gifts brought to the feet of Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, being very important symbols in that culture. So perhaps what the wise men did in that moment is they brought with them these old elements of their old ways of life, if you will, of their old culture, of where they used to live, and they brought those gifts to the feet of Christ. And maybe, just maybe, if this is the case, then part of what the story of the wise men teaches me and teaches all of us is that when we're willing to bring that which is old in our lives to the feet of Christ, it's an extraordinary gift to offer to God as to what God might do to go on to make us new and to go on to make our world new which perhaps prompts a question on this New Year's Eve. What is it that maybe we need to leave in 2023? What's old that God would benefit from if we were to deliver that to the feet of Christ in these days following Christmas? Perhaps it's an old habit in our lives of needing to people please or needing to worry or to control. Perhaps it's guilt that we have about something that happened in 2023 that didn't go really well. Or perhaps it's an old attitude in our lives that isn't serving us well. Or perhaps it's unforgiveness What might we consider leaving in 2023 and gifting that to God because it's old? Now, I don't want to be self-helpy here or to reduce this story to just simply moralism when it comes to the wise men. But what I do want to do is suggest that there is this vast uh, uh, history in the New Testament of God taking what is old and then going on to do in someone's life a new thing with that person. The story of the wise men, of course, but so many other stories in the New Testament or references to this. You'll recall in Acts chapter 19, the story of the sorcerers who all burned their scrolls. They took what was old and they got rid of them and then God did something new in their lives. Or perhaps consider Jesus in John's gospel when Jesus taught about the branches. You got to get rid of those dead branches if you want the new fruit to grow. Or consider Jesus in Matthew's gospel. You can't pour the new wine into those old wineskins. 
If you get rid of what is old, God is so enthusiastic about what might happen in your life, in my life, that is new. What if, what if as part of our epiphany this year, we ought to consider leaving something behind in 2023? I know I'm speaking with a number of uh, parents and grandparents uh, this morning who have perhaps been with grandchildren over the holidays. And I was with my four-year-old over the holidays, and we were constructing one of those pre-made gingerbread houses that come in a plastic kit. Uh, These are houses where the gingerbread is the siding of the house, and the glue attaches everything together is the icing. And I took this on with my four-year-old, and dad didn't read the instructions, and so our entire house was just a wreck and collapsed. But I had a second one of these kits, and I recall taking everything that was old, everything that didn't work, and just moving it aside and starting with something that was brand new. And I remember my four-year-old looked up at me with these extremely excited eyes, like there is something that could be possible here. (laughs) I do wonder, I do wonder if when we get rid of something old, God has those eyes toward each one of us, what might happen, what could be possible, where there might be hope. For God would go on to say in the book of Revelation, Behold, I can make all things new. Surely, surely God's excited when we leave something old behind as to what that might lead to that lies ahead. And you say, well, all right, preacher, this works for, you know, wise men who are following a star or four-year-olds who are making a gingerbread house. But how does this really work in the real world? And I share back with you, consider the age-old business wisdom of uh, Darren Clark. Remember that name from many years ago? Uh, He was the CEO of Kimberly Smith. And his research in this area recently got publicized by Jim Collins, a Stanford MBA. And uh, he was responsible for sharing back with CEOs and with companies that if you're a good CEO or a four-star CEO, you wake up every morning and you make a to-do list. But if you want to be a great CEO and lead a five-star company, you will wake up every morning and make a stop-doing list. And according to business researchers, CEOs who are willing to make a stop-doing list are far more productive than the ones who wake up in the morning and make a to-do list. Wise men and women know that there is a certain intelligence about taking what is old and allowing something new to happen when you stop doing it, when you leave it behind, when you let it go. When you say that something new could, in fact, be possible. I'll close this morning with a reminder of one of the more heartwarming stories that we've been reading about this Christmas season. The story of Jimmy Santos. You'll recall that this was the gentleman in the state of Illinois who spent 42 years of his life uh, wrongly incarcerated in a prison cell in Illinois. Uh, That was a record for the state of Illinois for someone wrongly convicted. And Santos was released from prison 11 days before Christmas. Uh, 
And in returning back to his family, he thought about all that had happened with him in those 42 years. And he decided that he had to make some changes in his life, like getting used to not eating anymore with a spork, but rather with metal silverware. And he also decided he needed to do something new in learning how to use an iPhone and getting used to asking Siri questions on that phone. And he talked about the struggle of embracing that which was new. And on Christmas Eve at his Catholic church, Santos decided to bring 42 roses, each one commemorating a year of his life that was incarcerated, and he decided to lie them down on the communion table. Not only as a way of saying thank you to God for being there for him during that moment, but as a way of providing closure that he wanted to take that which was old, and even in the later years of his life, embrace that new territory that God had for him. What do you have that you could leave in 2023? Gold, frankincense, myrrh, a shell, 42 roses? Leave it in 2023, and behold, And the one who says, I can make all things new. Let us pray. Grace-filled and generous God, as we stand in the tradition of gift-giving in the days following of Christmas, receive these gifts from your people. Make these gifts new in the community. Bring forth love and light to this church and to walls beyond this church. And bring forth, O God, a hope in what you can continue to do. Amen. And now as you go from this place, may you have the courage to gift to God what is old and to have faith in what, yes, could still be new. A happy new year to you and to your families. Go in peace.